0: Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher.
1: is the Crescendo Music Education podcast episode 87. This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Turrbal people. I acknowledge them as the traditional owners of the land and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. They were the first music makers on this land Hello everyone. We're going to continue our series about music teacher well-being. This next one is a big one. It's about vocal fatigue. I think there's very little I need to say before we get into our chat with Beth Duhon. All I really need to do is remind you that our voice is our livelihood. So let's see what Beth has to say about looking after our voice. Welcome to the Crescendo Music Education Podcast. I have Beth on joining me again. She's feeling like an old friend now. Hi, Beth. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> I would like to get a little bit more into some of the ideas in your book, Happier Music Teacher, and how we as music educators could look after ourselves a little better. So well said. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next section it's something we have oh look I I think I'd almost say every music teacher I know has had at some point some sort of vocal issues I've been very lucky lately though sometimes it doesn't sound quite right but it's fairly tough these days but certainly oh maybe 20 years ago I found myself at a speech therapist and my hard glottal attacks and you know I had some not nodules but they found rough edges you know in my vocal folds and huh I mean I think we've all been there because it's what our job is like isn't it <gasps>
0: Uh, I don't think I shared this with you, Debbie, but this is recent history for me, and I'm still a little tender about it. So, I wrote the book about vocal care, and I feel like I take good care of myself vocally. I follow the tips in the book and the traditional wisdom. Well, long story short, this fall, I was diagnosed with vocal nodes and went to the voice therapist and was on vocal rest for about two and a half weeks straight.
1: And I was also at a new campus.
0: It was really not cute. So did you have to? Did you take time
1: off completely, or did you try to keep teaching?
0: So it was a little crazy. I went ahead and kept teaching. Luckily, because of the long-term music two substitute, we combined classes. So she was my voice and my discipline, and more videos than I would have normally taught on, and also open a word doc and just furiously type into it, and all those lots of nonverbals and all those things. Surprisingly, it was kind of okay i mean i had a program coming up i didn't have days to just take weeks off for that reason Mm -hmm. the vocal therapist is amazing i actually see her um, in a few days for a recheck but it is a very real situation
1: Mm. and is your voice all right now i don't know it sounds Uh, good
0: thank you i can tell so she assigned me exercises so i want to get back on them over break I can also tell when I'm physically tired or after we get off of here that I'll be pretty done vocally. But I think it really was kind of a perfect storm. I had come off of a year of not teaching. So I think I probably wasn't as strong vocally as I would have been, you know, and exhausted, although I was trying to sleep and do all the things and I had been ill. So it was really one of those perfect storms where it just all collided into a voice problem. So I did not want to be like a walking living object lesson on vocal care. but
1: there I was. Oh, okay. Yes. So you've just illustrated our point, really. I think we've all been there to some extent. And I remember my speech therapist telling me that one of the worst things you can do is to switch from singing to speaking constantly. Oh, Oh, okay. And then actually, I made a a choice. Well, obviously, I, I used my voice less. I use gesture a lot more, and I little oral cues, maybe played or gestured. You know, I won't say make a circle. I will just gesture with my arms, and they get up and do it. So there's lots of little tricks like that. And I was heading somewhere, and I've forgotten where I'm going, but I was heading somewhere.
0: Well, I'll but jump I, in with the nonverbals and give you a chance to get it. Back. Yeah, please. I think those nonverbals are powerful. I really even like I said even before I was having I would have the occasional vocal trouble but not major like I did this fall and you know students hear this steady stream of teacher talk all day long so when you do something that breaks it up it's actually amazingly effective when you're doing your stand-up or sit-down symbol or your make a circle symbol instead of telling them and much better if they break a rule to just silently point to the rule raise an eyebrow and it gives them a little more dignity too because you're not calling out their name, you're not raising your voice at them. I was never big on that anyway, but it just gives everybody a little bit more dignity and also saves your voice.
1: Yes, I love that. Yes. And also, I did remember where I was going, is to not keep switching from singing to speaking. So if you need to just give a quick instruction, sometimes singing it is actually better if you're going from song to song, which is a bit counterintuitive because you think oh it's the singing that's hurting but apparently when you're switching all the time it can hurt but I think singing less the other thing that I advise people and I'm sure that you would agree is to sing for not with your students I mean I am still so guilty because if I'm with my grade twos in a circle, holding hands, playing a game and singing a song. I'm singing it with them because I'm having fun and I'm part of their circle, part of, and I just am so bad at this. I'm telling myself constantly, stop singing. I'm still part, I'm still doing what they're doing, but they're singing without me quite well. They do not need me. Stop singing, Debbie. I tell myself all the time, obviously, I have to sing to teach them and sing when they're getting to know the game. But once they know it, for goodness sake, stop singing, Debbie. (laughs) You know, it's so tempting to do.
0: And I just finally decided, you know what, I'm not your personal jukebox. So I, I put it real friendly. No singing, no game. If they're not singing, I'm not singing. No game. Oh, that's a bummer. I sure hope you sing so we have a game.
1: Oh, I love that. Yes, okay, I might borrow that one. No singing, no game. Yes, it's because it's so tempting, isn't it? To sing with-
0: We love to sing and we're in the moment and we think it's gonna go off the rails if we don't lead every little part with our voice. The other thing is lip syncing. A lot of times, if it looks like I want them to see the words on my face, but I don't necessarily have to have any sound coming out, I will become an expert level lip syncer
1: with them. Yes, yeah. I hadn't sort of thought about that in the classroom setting. That's a good idea. I have been known occasionally to do it in the choral setting when my choir (laughs) have not quite got the the beginning words of that third verse. Then I'm good at mouthing the words. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Okay, any other advice around vocal fatigue and looking after your voice?
0: Ooh, it feels like I have majored in it this fall and it is personal and it's emotional and it's tough. You get one voice. Mm-hmm. So I. some of the people in my music ed, Mount Rushmore, have had vocal trouble too. So it's not even necessarily that you are doing something bad. It is just the sheer volume of use that you're doing. But make every effort to take care of it because it's your one voice and you don't get another one.
1: Yeah, I love that. And we've got to remind ourselves of that. Hydration is important too, isn't it? Sure is. Constant sips. I'll just have one right now. (laughs) Sounds great. It it, it really is important to just keep drinking water, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Beth, thank you again for speaking with us about the importance of your voice and looking after your vocal health. We will talk again soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Don't forget you'll find the show notes and transcript and all sorts of information on crescendo.com.au. If you've enjoyed the podcast or found it valuable, you might like to rate it on your podcast player and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it if you did. All I can be is the best version of me. All you can do is be the best you. Until next time, bye. As we know, laughter relieves stress. Don't lose sight of the funny side of life. Yesterday, I accidentally swallowed some food colouring. The doctor says I'm okay, but I feel like I've died a little inside.
0: If you like this podcast, I think you're going to love the book, Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School. You can pick it up on F-flat Books. I'll have the link in the show notes and soon on Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.